Hi everyone and welcome to The Femaling Show. I am your host, Nicole Goodman, and I am a woman's identity expert and coach. As women, we fall into different phases of identity throughout adult life and during these, our challenges can look pretty similar. Here at WRS, I will be talking to you about the real issues we all face and even the ones we can silently struggle with. Through honest, heartfelt conversation here at Femaling, you will learn how to accept yourself, understand yourself and be yourself. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Femaling Show. You are at Women's Radio Station. I am your host, Nicole Goodman. And today's topic is called Why My Midlife Crisis Was the Making of Me. How exciting and juicy is that? I am joined by the wonderful Kate Davis, who is a personal friend of mine. She is a creative mindset coach. She works with creative entrepreneurs to be able to grow and nurture their businesses. So as she says, so that it always feels like a sunny Friday afternoon and not a wet Wednesday in Wigan. (laughs) (laughs) Who wants to be in a wet Wednesday in Wigan? Kate has been a city solicitor, worked in live events industry for 16 years before moving into behavioral change management. Kate's midlife crisis, which we're going to get onto, built up into a lack of self anxiety and depression until she finally decided that enough was enough. She reclaimed herself, her boundaries, and is creating the big, bold life that she has been craving for years. Kate, welcome to Femaling. Thank you very much. Lovely to be here. It's so lovely to be here. And we we just figured out, because you are a very close friend of my husband's, and now me in the later years, mm-hmm. we've realised we haven't actually seen each other face to face in 12 years. No, which is really frightening, because I feel like you and I are in each other's lives all the time. Because we are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but there you go. That's when social media comes into its absolute exactly. beauty. And your gorgeous sister. And my gorgeous sister. Yes. yes, Lisa. Big shout out to my sister. So Kate is here. She's going to be very open and candid with us about uh, all the stuff that you went through and your mm. midlife crisis. Um, this is a topic incredibly close to my heart as well. And I'm so pleased that I get to dissect it with you. Um Kate is, as I said, a personal friend of mine. So this is going to be a very fun episode. Well, I don't know about fun. Well, yes, it is going to be. A, <laughs> yes, yes, why not? yes, let's put that out there. So, midlife crisis, Kate. Where do we begin with that? So I think my the foundations probably of my midlife crisis started probably ten or so years ago. Mm. Actually, I'm 47 now, but still feel like I'm 25. I feel like I'm about 65 <laughs> some mornings, but that's another matter. <laughs> Mentally 25, physically 65. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I'm so, somewhere in the middle. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> when I, uh, I, as you said, I was in the live events industry for, for a long time, um, traveling all over the world. Sounds very glamorous. Isn't quite so much. <laughs> Had two young children. Um, had to essentially sort of give that up um your career in live events yeah so that so that my um so that i could be there for my children so that my husband could get the sort of the promotion that he that he wanted to do and it was definitely the right decision for for us at the time i would like to highlight something here as well you are and i know from my sister and my husband who worked with you for many many years you're an incredible talent in the event industry and in the event space thank you and you know that and i'm gonna you do know that because you are a mate, yes. you are, yeah. Yay, she claimed <laughs> I've everybody. I've claimed it. <laughs> um, so you were incredible at your job. You probably could have gone to the absolute top of your industry had you have wanted to. Uh, yes, I suppose so. I hadn't really thought about it like that. It was a decision not just for for my husband, but also for, for the family unit yes, as, a, as a whole. Yeah. And I don't regret doing that. I don't regret having that time with my children at all. Do you think that was the starting point of... Yeah. The decline. I think it was the beginning of the 
where I sort of lost myself because when you when you have a career and you have you know outside interests and you're off particularly because as I say you know we were flying all over the world doing some really exciting cool things and then you're doing the school run and Mm. that transition was a very big one not having my own money to spend you know that sort of thing but were you all right with it I mean how were you at the time with it because I'm sensing that that wasn't when you suddenly sort of went full on into the midlife crisis no, so definitely this was not. just the beginning of I think that was, the, that was the beginning of it um and the beginning of the the, the sort of the that feeling of lack of self mm. I was absolutely fine with it at the, at the time but I think sort of looking back on it mm. that's probably where it started then I did all of the things that that you do when you're when you're at home and twiddling your thumbs and set up small businesses and um chair of the PTA all of that good well, stuff all the things that you do Yes, that's true. <laughs> I'm not very good at not being busy. Yes, uh, <laughs> yes. Talk about that. Yes. Um, and then I really felt that the children were getting older, they were in school all the time. Right, it's time to reclaim my career, going back to being me. Going and, back to being me, that's yeah. interesting. How we just, how you phrased it in your head. Yeah. Right, I need to go back now. Yeah, exactly. Yes, that I don't feel that I was me me when I was doing all of those things mm. um well it was a new you yes would you exactly. say it was a different you were stepping into a completely different identity yeah a mum a wife sort of domestic keeper of things yes which isn't a role you'd played before no no exactly so I went into um I went into a proper job an actual well, proper what's job a proper like a job? nine to five somebody paying me a salary I haven't had that for hadn't had that for nearly 20 years before that but I thought no I'll be sensible I'll have my career <laughs> but I'll have time so that I know what time I'm picking the children yeah. up I haven't got that yeah. stress etc yeah. etc all very sensible so how was that T- turns out I'm not that sensible <laughs> <laughs> thank goodness for that I know <laughs> a proper job I love it um and I le- how old were you at this point uh oh so this was two years ago two years ago okay. two years ago today oh Yes. Happy birthday. Facebook reminded me (laughs) two years ago today. So, yes, so two years ago today, I started a a, a job where, as I say, I knew what time I was going to be home in the evenings. I I could leave my job at home because when you work for yourself, you never do that. So it was all good, solid, practical reasons of why you took this proper job, in inverted commas. Yeah, okay. Um, And there were loads of positive things about it. I I learned an awful lot um, about uh, human behaviour, organisational behaviour, organisational change. Really, I mean, really useful in a lot of ways, but it was not me. Mm. Um, And I think it was was that that was the, the catalyst for... For the, for the crash, effectively. And how did that show up, this it wasn't me? Like, what were the signs that started to reveal themselves to you? Initially, a lot of frustration. I mean, it was almost sort of the seven stages of grief. Uh, oh, there was a lot of frustration, there was a lot of anger. And then I think by the end of it, it, was, it, it had turned into apathy. It had turned into... I don't. I don't want to get. I don't want to get out of bed anymore. I'm not interested in any of the things that oh I was interested goodness. in. And um, if the, this is not like you. No. Well, no. presumably I know you, and I know it's not like you. No. So. Um, the things that I loved doing, I love cooking. I love getting into the kitchen. Mm. It's my wind down time. Um, you know that it's. I find it very therapeutic. I wasn't cooking. 
children were having baked beans on toast. We were all having baked beans on toast. There's nothing wrong with baked beans on toast now and again, but not every <laughs> night. Um, so you'd lost your, your spark? Yeah. Yeah. I'd and your drive for life? Yeah, completely. Wow. Um, and how long did it take for you to start to see that? I think by the time, by the time I had crashed, I'd been there just over a year mm. and I probably the year was the turning point for me that I thought god I've been here a year is this it yeah mm. oh, that is such a massive question isn't yes. it in in midlife crisis yeah. mode is this it That's, is this all life that is has the to big offer question yeah. isn't it yeah um is this it uh, is this me forever yeah um and looking around me at the people who have been there forever and were going to stay there forever and thinking is that me yeah please don't tell me that's me because that's just that just feels not like me at yeah, all yeah and i think me in there was screaming get out get out get out but you know could you hear it yes i could but i didn't know what to do about it mm. um, i love that because i think that's so common as mm. well that we can hear our inner voice we can hear what's going on in our heart, in our soul, deep down inside, we know. But actually, there's so much fear mm. around that of saying, "This is not you. This you don't want to be here." And knowing that, and then thinking, "Right, well, that if I'm going to listen to it, that means I've got to leave my job. I've got to take away my wages. I've got to take away my stability. Mm. Take away the fact that I could potentially pick my kids up from school every yes. day." There's so much. There's so much fear involved in that, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, admitting, admitting that I that I'd that I'd made a mistake or that this wasn't uh, this wasn't for me or I wasn't cut out for this or all of those thoughts going through your head when actually you just want to to just go and be you so what was the crash was there a defining moment um there were there were a few signs um illnesses and that sort of thing but the thing that that really turned it around for me was my very very good friend Sarah um, who I worked with, landing a notebook on my desk one morning that said, um, it, very tongue-in-cheek, live your best life. <gasps> oh, and she looked at, Yeah, she looked at me and went, because I think you need reminding. Oh, my God! <laughs> <laughs> now that is a good friend. And she was yeah. working at the same place as you. Yeah. And she could still see that you were struggling with some yes. potentially she wasn't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that was that a big wake-up call? Yes. I went home, burst into tears, which oh she's absolutely she's absolutely mortified about. And I was like, no, that was the, that was the thing. That was the changing point for she me. She saved your life. Yeah, yeah, she did. Wow, that is what you call a good girlfriend, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't so it? So she could see something that was going on for you, and just had the bravery to say, "I can see you, mm -hmm. and this is what you need to do." Yeah, go and go and be you again. We're going to pop to a break and when we get back, Kate's going to tell us a lot more about what happened after that. Back in a mo. You're listening to Women's Radio Stations, supporting women's well-being. Women's Radio Stations creating a global network for the empowerment of women and we want you to be involved. Join us on Instagram and Twitter at Women's Radio Station, that's Women's Radio STN, or Facebook Women's Radio Station to keep up to date with all our exciting programmes. Hello, welcome back to Femaling. You are at Women's Radio Station. I'm your host, Nicole Goodman, and I am joined with Kate Davis, and we are talking about how midlife crisis can be the making of you. 
So as you know, if you follow my work closely, I have had, I had a huge midlife crisis. I think I had mine quite early, but we'll get onto that. Mine was around from around the age of 37 to 41. Um, and I'm now 43 and it really does feel like it's way, way, way behind me. Before the break, Kate was telling us about um, her crash and how it started to present itself. Um, and so your good friend put a book, a notebook in front of you saying, live your best life. Mm. And that was the moment. Yeah. So tell us what happened after that, Kate? Well, I'll never forget the feeling that was in my chest when she did that, because I just, there was j there, this rush of anger. Oh, anger. Yeah, this rush of anger that she put it down on my desk. God, I really I didn't thinking, think you were going to say anger. Yeah. Well, no. you were angry at her. No, no, but I was just angry. Yeah. Um, what were you angry at? Well, I'm not, am I? I'm not living my best life. Mm. What's that all that? All that so you were angry at yourself. I was angry at myself, yeah. Mm. Um, Aren't girlfriends good for that? <laughs> yes. Oh, gosh, yes. <laughs> of course, that was immediately replaced by, by oh, yeah, she's right. Mm. Of course, she's right. Mm. And it's like, now what? Yeah. Oh God, now I'm gonna have to actually deal with it because it's really here. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, and and as you say, she absolutely saved my life, my lovely Sarah. She said, you need to go and see a doctor. You need to go and see a doctor because what's going on with you is not you. And you need to go and talk to somebody about this. Had the you know referral to Oc Health, all the lovely things you do get with a proper job. Um, <laughs> so, so, somebody that actually phones you and talks to you and you know, all that, all that good stuff. Um, and I'm sensing that was about to be taken away, though. <laughs> well, yes, but again, it's it's the it was the push I needed. Yes, it was course. absolutely the push with probably a shove actually that I needed. And so I went to the doctor, and they make you fill out that lovely form about you know your anxiety scale and your depression. I don't. Scale. Know, I've never filled out that form. Ah, oh gosh, yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. I wouldn't <laughs> recommend being in a position that you have to fill it out. Can I just say though, forms generally give me anxiety. So if I'm going there because of anxiety, I mean that doesn't make any sense to me. We're That's just, just going to make it, it ten times worse. <laughs> yes, exactly. So the doctor sort of looked at it and said, "Well, yes, I, I think I think we can say that this is severe anxiety and depression." Um, which really Severe. hit wow, me because God. that's yeah. really that's again it's not me. Yeah, um, well, you're a coper, right? Oh yeah, you're a logistics manager. Like you get stuff done. I get done. Yeah, um, but also I'm generally quite quite a positive person. Mm. I will always try and see the positive in 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 any situation. I love having a laugh. I love you know I love enjoying life, and mm. I just wasn't. Right. It's very brave, can I just say mm. that that you took that moment from your friend and you actually took the advice and took this screaming sign mm. that life was not right and that you wanted to go and fix it because I think there's many people that will have all these alarm bells going off in their head and they they can ignore them until it probably gets to a point where you are suffering with such immense anxiety such terrible depression or other things that are going on that you just can't bury your head in the sand anymore so mm. I really, I take my hat off to you for just taking that moment and saying, right, I need to, I need to sort myself out. And I was very brave and not everybody does it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, she also thinks it's hilarious because I project managed my way out of, out of work as well. Um, <laughs> that I got everything done. I got everything ticked off, got all of, all of the documents I needed to, to get submitted and then went, right, I'm going to the doctor now. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. Now I can, now I can collapse now in I, a heap now and I'm start sobbing. <laughs> Yep, it's three o'clock. We're due for exactly, a sob. Exactly. <laughs> Time to fall apart. Um, but that really <laughs> that was... such a woman, female thing. Isn't it? Isn't it? 
I'm just going to get everything done. Let me just make the dinner yes. and then I'll go upstairs and have a cry. Melis, yes. our lovely producer, is nodding as well. It's true. Yes. It's what we do. We schedule in our breakdowns. Yes, Excellent. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you went to the doctor. Did they put you on pills and yeah. all that sort of stuff? Yeah, right. put me on okay. all the pills. I went down a variety of different routes of talking to... Um, the sort of the, the NHS talking therapies it just wasn't it, it wasn't for me it didn't it didn't feel right for me were you signed all. off work yes yeah yep. so I was signed off work for I think three months in oh total my goodness. two or three months and um, how were you in the everyday like what was your state of being like numb I think mm. wow so you weren't serious I mean seriously talking I know we were laughing about it but you weren't in a heap on the floor sobbing all day every day I mean could you no. still function yes but I think it's probably a little bit like when you've got a really thick cold and you can't hear properly and you've got no energy and mm. you just feel like you're kind of actually wrapped in a duvet or something yeah. it sort of felt a bit like that that everything felt very marshmallowy and not real okay I had no energy. My my uh, my clarity of thought had just completely disappeared. Wow. Um, you totally lost sense of yourself. Yeah, completely. Uh, I couldn't finish a sentence. There'd be days where I just where I'd be halfway through a sentence and I'd just stop. And my poor husband, <laughs> my long suffering husband, um, would was just he, was he helpful? Was he supportive? Re really, yeah. really incredibly supportive. Because um, I would like to say off the top. <laughs> I had a cold this weekend and my husband I wouldn't speak to him on Sunday because he wouldn't off he wouldn't even offer me a cup of bloody tea. Really? Yes. So Adam said he'd listen to this episode if I'm talk if I talk about him. I'm now talking about you. Didn't even offer me a cup of tea. And then I went and said to him, I'm not Adam. talking to you because you didn't offer me a cup of tea. So you guess what he says? Would you like a cup of tea? Like, no, well, I don't want one now. So listen, through my midlife crisis, my husband was honestly, if it wasn't for him, I don't think I would have got through it. Mm. And I'm so grateful for him. But I think it's very hard on your partner because mm. they have such an emotional agenda attached to you falling apart. Yeah. Because they've got to pick up the slack. Yeah. So I ask that question with love and curiosity because it's it's hard on him too. Yeah. And I know it was hard on Adam. And I think because he's seen me through my midlife crisis, now if I get a cold, he's just not interested. <laughs> exactly. You cope with worse. Get over yourself. <laughs> <laughs> the minute I start sneezing, it's like, oh, God, here we go. <laughs> anyway, I digress. Apologies. So so he was really supportive. Oh, incredibly So you've got supportive. the duvet over your head. You're very muffled going through life. How mm. long did that last? Definitely a couple of months. Definitely wow. a couple of months. Even even when I when I was sort of started going onto the tablets, and they did they definitely did help. There's no question about that. For me, they were definitely the right, the right choice. Mm. Um, and then I also um, started trying to get some some proper help what were you asking yourself like what was the dialogue you were having with yourself at the time do you remember i was beating myself up an awful lot about failure oh okay um that well i couldn't even keep keep a, a normal job and uh, oh you couldn't do the, the proper job in inverted job. commas yeah, yeah. oh God, um yeah. and you know what 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 sort of role model was i being for my children what sort of um what sort of person was i being and then i and then i don't know what it was that shifted but i just thought no oh oh yeah no no it, enough yes and i started claiming my anxiety and i started just going and doing things that i wasn't wasn't quite expecting 
random example, there, uh, there are a few of the mums at school who I hadn't really spoken to. I think I've, I think the reason I didn't I, I hadn't spoken to them was because uh, because they had something that I didn't have, which was freedom, mm. or your perception of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, freedom from. Oh, I don't know the answer to that question. That's a good one. It, they just they they <laughs> are, they and they are. Uh, you know that they, they are now. Um, they're now two of my very best friends. These two, these two ladies, that they had a, a freedom about them. Maybe that was. Maybe that's the the point. That, that they are comfortable in their own skin. Yes. Well, they weren't weighed down with the anxiety and the depression yeah. and the midlife crisis and not knowing who you are. No, although or your perception of that. no, exactly. Yeah. But but interestingly, so I I sought these two ladies out and and said, look. We haven't spoken. I'd love to go for a coffee with you or something. Had coffee with them both separately, um, where they both revealed that they also had anxiety and were on similar medication and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I was um, going to say, like, I'll guarantee that they're not free of themselves no. and they might have a freedom that you don't have or they might not be struggling with what you're struggling with. But mm. as human beings, and especially as women, we all have our inner demons. Yeah all of us and we're all kind of fighting through them some are more than others mm. um, but nobody is and and this makes me really sad like nobody is totally free of themselves no and that that it to me is what enlightenment is is being free mm. from yourself mm. and free to do and live however you want to live that's total freedom and I don't think that well, I haven't met anybody that, unless they're like a shaman living on an ashram somewhere, but I haven't met anybody that that has that. I think I have it sporadically. I do, I do have it occasionally mm. for like a minute. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know this. A it's, mad it's, minute. A, ma a mad minute, a mad, marvellous, magical minute. <laughs> but it's fleeting. Mm. Because then you come back down to... Anyway, so... That's that's my and I and I say that because I think what you've pointed to is something so important that women, and I can't talk for men on this, but women look at other women, yeah, with, in a way that it just full of comparison and full of sometimes envy mm. or that they have and maybe not envy is the wrong word, but just oh they have what I don't. How yes. do they do that? Yes. And then we make ourselves less than. And what you pointed to in the last in the last part was that you then suffer with a sense of lack yeah and I think that comes primarily from what our perception is of other people because yes. it's never built on reality it's built on our perception uh, we're going to cut to a break and when we come back Kate is going to tell us even more <laughs> <laughs> hi I'm Nicole Goodman and I'm Lauren Mishcon and this is the self-care club podcast the advice for self-care today is endless and can feel like yet another overwhelming job for women the Self-Care Club is part social experiment, part reality show. Every episode, we trial a different self-care practice, live it to the letter for a week, and report back to you on the results. Will it actually improve your well-being, or will it be another waste of your time? We test out self-care so you don't have to. Welcome, Welcome to the Self-Care Club. Welcome to the women's radio station, supporting women's well-being. 
Women's radio station can give voice to your brand with a wide range of sponsorship opportunities, including individual programs. We can tailor your experience for you. For more information on how you can sponsor a show, go to womensradiostation.com. Women's Radio Station supporting women's well-being. Hello, welcome back to The Femaling Show. We are at Women's Radio Station. I'm your host, Nicole Goodman, and I am joined by the lovely Kate Davis, and we are talking about midlife crisis and why it was the best thing to ever happen to Kate. Kate, welcome back. Thank you very much. <clears throat> we were just saying in the break how I loved that you what you said about that you were struggling with failure. Well, mm. I didn't love that you were struggling with failure, but the, the important, the, the part that you were pointing to about it is that you you said to yourself, I can't do a proper job, therefore I am a failure. Mm. And what we then both just started to talk about was how, well, you weren't meant to do a proper job, were you? That's why you didn't do it. Not because you failed at it, but because you were meant to do something else. Yes. Yes, the universe was telling me, and finally I started listening. You started listening. So so you'd met these girls, you started to get some support that you needed. Mm. You started, When did you start to feel a bit better? I think it's I think it's a gradual thing, but mm. I think it's also the the feeling of there is another way. Mm. So um so I started to have some hypnotherapy. I contacted you because well I, I initially contacted you actually because I was I was looking at coaching and thinking actually this this could be this could be another way around this could be something that ties everything that I've done so far in my life together mm. and therefore I haven't failed at any of them it was bringing me to something obviously having no known you for quite some time and followed you on social media and 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 having that conversation with you um and I remember you saying well have you got a coach no right okay so we're going to talk next week <laughs> You can't be a coach if you don't have a coach. You cannot be a coach if you don't have a coach. <laughs> um, and I think, and I think you were a massive part of the change for me. Oh, thank you. Um, you really were. Just being able to claim myself back. Mm. To be clear, I think by the time we started talking and I started coaching you, you weren't. You didn't seem in the duvet phase anymore. No. The duvet had come off. Yes, hadn't it? So you'd you'd already done a lot of work yourself. Yes, I discovered I discovered listening to books on on um, on Audible, and I started listening to all of the self help books that I think I I think previously I would have just written written off as just nonsense. Yeah, and you realise the power of them when you need them. Yeah, yeah. Um, I went on holiday and uh, I'd forgotten my glasses, so uh, therefore I had to start listening to Audible because um, I didn't couldn't read. Uh, <laughs> And I started listening to Mel Robbins. Um, and one evening I'd obviously fallen asleep listening to it. For people that don't know who Mel Robbins oh, is, yes. just give us a quick... Sorry, yeah. So Mel Robbins is uh, is an American coach and she now does a, a, a daytime TV show. But she's very no-nonsense. Yes. She's very... She's very direct, isn't yes. she? She's very like, right, come on, just get up, do it. Yep. She's she's all about the mindset shift. She's very much about the mindset shift um, so, and taking taking control of your life in the right way, letting mm. making you control your life rather mm. than the other way around. Um, so there were certain tools that were coming in handy. Obviously, we started talking. So you got yourself a coach. Mm. Uh, you were listening to a lot of self development books. Yeah, and you were doing the work 
yourself you were kind yes. of feeding your mind would yes. you say yeah um yes i think that's i think that's that that's fair that i was i was able to see a different way yes. i was able to see a wow. different way of thinking on actually of being and that that this didn't mean failure this mm. didn't mean this was just another chapter i just want i just want to clear something up you were able to do this once the duvet had come off mm. And I think that's such a beautiful analogy, this duvet phase, because that's part of it. And mm. that's an essential yes. part of it um, for you to go deep into what you were feeling mm. and then being able to say, right, OK, I might be ready for something else now. I'm going to take the duvet off and I'm going to look in other areas where I wouldn't ordinarily look. Yes. It's a process, isn't it? As you said it is. before. Yes. It's a process. Uh, and, and, and I think that's a really good point, actually, looking at, uh, in other areas that I wouldn't have, have done before, reading or listening to those. The, because those. you didn't need them at that time didn't need them but I also wonder whether we whether we don't necessarily have time or give ourselves permission to mm, have time lovely. that if we are um, if we are if we have a career if we have a family particularly if you have both you don't have time you don't give yourself the time and the headspace to to think of a different way around because mm. you've got you know as we as we said before you've got to sort of manage manage your breakdown haven't you you've got to <laughs> get the get the tea on feed the dogs but <laughs> you put a load of washing on um leave, leave the to-do list in case it's a long one um, I mean, you're laughing but this is really resonating with yeah. me like there were times where i would do that i would literally put the kids dinner on get them by the table eating and then i'd go upstairs and cry yeah i, I would literally schedule it in yeah and you and I are definitely not alone in that. No, definitely not. No, but Mel I think Melissa is nodding too. Yeah, but it's <laughs> but it's also it's giving yourself permission. Yeah. Okay, I've ticked off all the things on my to do list. I can I can now go and I can now go and cry. Yeah. I can now go and yeah stand in the shower so no one can hear me cry. So okay, so things were starting to change, mm. and more importantly, you were starting to look at things differently. So your the dialogue that you were having with yourself was changing. Yes, that's really the most crucial part yeah. isn't it and i think the the big difference for me was was maybe because because i'd had that crash thinking well i can start again now oh that feels like loads of like possibility in yeah that, isn't there yeah <clears throat> that this is not this isn't the end so the the whole start of the, the whole conversation about is this it well no it's not because i've had that crash you know the the sort of the the work what's the worst that can happen had had sort of happened you know i mean no, nobody died thankfully but um you know i i was on medication and signed off mm, work for mm. depression and, and severe anxiety yeah okay so well i've ticked that box very firmly <laughs> let's move on shall we <laughs> um yeah so, i did it yay. and i did it with bells on i'm not a failure <laughs> And that's that's something very true of me. If I do something, I do it properly. Um, <laughs> um, and I think that's the, that, the, but that's the, that's the, that was the shift for me. That the this is this is there is uh, there is something else out there. There is something new that I can try. And I think that to me is the crux of why it was the it was the making of me. Yeah, that oh, I beautiful. that I'd spent so many years doing all the things that everybody expected of me. And doing things for people and, you know, my children, my family, don't resent any of that for a minute. But I get to be me now. Mm, mm. Um, and having that having that time, having that time to be able to reflect and and discover and challenge myself. 
speaking to people that I wouldn't have spoken to, thinking I find them, I start find them intimidating. Why do I find them intimidating? I'm going to go and find out. Yeah, because it's not nothing to do with them. No. no. And, and, and your point's an extremely valid one, that we don't know where everybody else is. We've no idea where everybody else is. And the persona that people put out there is, is a very different one. Um, and we often. only come from our own lens. Yes. We can only see life from the lens in which we are looking through. Yes. Finished. I mean, that is, yeah. you know, the biggest lesson I have ever learned mm. in life. And I don't always apply that. But, but it's a vital one. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we need to remind ourselves of that yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, well, this is our daily reminder, Kate. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You can have that. Um, okay, so you're starting to feel a bit better. Mm. You, you've got uh, practices in place. You've got support in place. Then what happened? As I say, it's, it, it is a gradual thing. But mm. being able to to start to reclaim myself um and and i'm sort of in i was thinking about this this morning is it was i reclaiming myself or was i reinventing myself or were you finding yourself <laughs> yes because i think the me i was 15 years ago mm. herring around um conference venues and staying up at three o'clock in the morning sticking things to other things <laughs> with your husband probably <laughs> going why are we not allowed any sleep <laughs> She's talking about the event industry. Yeah, I, I am, yeah, sorry. <laughs> that could have gone very wrong. That would sound really weird, sticking things to things with your I husband. With your husband. <laughs> <laughs> yes, in the event industry, where we were up too late getting things sorted for other people. Other people again. Um, that me is a very different yeah. me to, to yeah. now. Yeah. And, I, and I love them both. But, that, but they're not the same person. And it's funny, isn't it? Because um, in part one, you said you wanted to go back mm. to you. And actually what you're now saying is there, there was no going back. It no. was who am I now? Yes. And you're never going to be the person that you are 15 years ago yeah. to the person that you are today. Because no. we evolve. That's how, that's how human beings work. Yeah, if, the, if, if it's working properly, then yes. Yeah. But I think, I think that was a p big part for me was that, was that I was stuck and, and I wasn't moving forward. And that, that's that's where I think that that came. Um, so now you've got all of this juicy possibility mm. about who am I now? What do I want now? What does my life look like now? Mm. I, I mean, that's a massive shift. Yes. From the duvet. Huge, huge shift. The sun, the sun's come out again. The sun's come out again. And I think that's where that's where why I love my my make every day like a, a Sunday Friday afternoon yeah not, not a Wednesday <laughs> wet, Wednesday wet, wet. Wigan apologies <laughs> to anyone from Wigan apparently they do very good pies someone told me <laughs> genuinely someone from Wigan wet Wednesday in Wigan <laughs> yeah but your wet Wednesday in Wigan had been removed now yes and now you've got the sunny yeah Friday afternoon that you're offering to everybody exactly and so was that what happened you thought right now I'm going to put all of my skills together mm. and create a job that works for me and for other people. Yes, exactly that. We're going to cut to a break and then we're actually going to hear about the work that you do and the work that you do offer to other people back in a minute. You're listening to Women's Radio Stations supporting women's well-being. Women's Radio Stations creating a global network 
for the empowerment of women, and we want you to be involved. Join us on Instagram and Twitter at Women's Radio Station, that's Women's Radio STN, or Facebook Women's Radio Station to keep up to date with all our exciting programmes. Hello, welcome back to The Femaling Show. You are at Women's Radio Station. I'm your host, Nicole Goodman. I'm joined by Kate Davis, and we're talking about midlife crisis. So before the break, Kate told us the lovely shift that she had in her midlife crisis and how she started to reclaim herself and started to live the life that you chose. Yes, choice is a good word. Isn't it? Yes, Isn't it's it? a really powerful word. So... Because the title of this is My Midlife Crisis is the Making of Me, can you sum up why, now after everything you've told us, why was your midlife crisis the making of you? So I think I think having having my midlife crisis got me to a point where, where I had to make a change. And it wasn't a change that it was a change. It was a change that was just that had that had to come, um, and I had to make that choice for myself. The midlife crisis term's been around since the sixties, and I don't think it's the I don't think it's the same thing anymore. Uh, I think years ago, you know, the sort of the the old adage about men would go off and buy a sports car or have an affair with their secretary, and women would retreat into the kitchen with a bottle of gin and wait till it was all over. Yeah. I don't think that's the case anymore. Well, I because, think I think it can be sometimes. Yeah, well, I think that's still happening. Yes, I think you're probably right. I think it is. So what's the difference then? What do you see? I, I see that we now, uh, particularly as women of, of our age, as I said, 47, we have so many more options. Mm. When we were growing mm. up okay, and when our parents were going through this, there was still a path that we were expected to take. Yeah. Um, and the, the jobs that we could take were more still more limited i mean I, I trained to be a lawyer i was i was that that was fine but then there was an expectation that i would that i would stop and have children and yeah and yeah. go and be a family lawyer and well, adapt we were limited around. we were limited and we're not now no um by a number of things not not least because um i think awareness of men mental health has has increased enormously and being able to admit that 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 you have mental health problems it also helps enormously the shame has is dissipating it's still there um you know as we were just we, you and i were just saying during the break when i when i said to friends that i was coming on here to talk about my midlife crisis that some were actually shocked why would you want to talk about that well why do you want to talk about it because i think it's i, th I think it's incredibly empowering for me it's been an incredibly empowering experience um if you'd asked me that six months ago, I'd have just, I, I, well, I've, I, I'd have laughed at you um, from behind my duvet. Um. <laughs> and, well, the thing is, as you said, it is a process and mm. it's gradual. It is yeah. gradual, isn't it? I can look back now and I really am looking back at my midlife crisis and say, yes, it's the most, it's the biggest gift that's ever happened to me. It's mm. the most empowering thing that's ever happened to me. I'm in total agreement with you. But it's taken me to get so removed from it to see it even when I was getting better because there are there were times when I'd started my coaching course and I was I was very much out of the duvet phase mm. and out of the anxious depressed stage but I was still I was still grappling with it mm. I was still learning from it I was still kind of in the throes of it I was just at a different stage of it yes whereas now it's it's in my past it's solidly in my past it's it's done it's wrapped up it's 
it's a part of me, a mm. part of me that I'm actually very proud of. Never thought I'd say that. Um, because it makes me the woman that I am today. And it gives me so much more empathy, compassion, so much more tools and practices because I've had to go through it myself like you did. Yeah. I had to find the things that worked for me in order to keep my sanity and to keep my head above water. Um, and I get to bring that into my coaching practice now. Yes. And into my radio show. Yes, exactly. And, 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 and that pride is really important as well. Particularly when we when you have children, you know you 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 have you're, you're expected to be proud of your children. Of course, you're proud of your children and you're proud of this. But do you ever feel that you are necessarily proud of yourself? Is that still too selfish an attitude? Mm. Um, and being able to reclaim that and say, no, I'm doing this for me. Mm. This is this is me. Um, this is me now showing up. Um, so what being, are you what are you proud of now? I'm going to use one of your phrases, actually. I'm living my truth. Oh. <laughs> um, I am living who I, who I am. Mm. I still have days where I want to hide under the duvet. Um, I still have days where I really don't have my big brave pants on. <laughs> um, but I, I listened to something before on the route here and it said, my life looks like mine. Yes. I thought that was beautiful. Yes. And I, and I nodded, just like you did. Yeah. Yes, yes, my life really does look like mine. Yes. Um, and would you say if someone on the outs on the outside was looking at your life, would they know it was yours? Because it yes. does it just does, does it describe you? Yes. Yeah. V very much so. And you've created that. Yes, exactly. Um, so tell us how you now bring this into your your new business. So I think as 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 your teachers always said, you had you know when when you write, you have to write from a place that you know. Um, you have to write the story that, that you that you know and you understand. Um, and so I I work I generally work with people who are in their in their um, in their middle ages, thirty five to fifty five, um, where they running their own business. I love working with creative people. Most of my career has been working with creative people. Um, and as another part of my of my midlife crisis, I've also been able to claim my creative side as well mm. not i'm not just about spreadsheets i'm also about spreadsheets but i'm not just about spreadsheets um, and, you're not, and you're telling yourself that yeah I, yeah I mean you're totally telling yourself that yeah completely yeah, yeah. i have I, I i i've recognized that i have this relatively unique balance of i do have a creative side i do have i do have my wild artistic side and i also love an excel spreadsheet Yes. I also love strategy and I love all of the all of the things that a lot of my furiously creative friends just don't understand at all and shy away from massively. And so I'm able to to help people who are, have a creative business. So um, photographers, um, florists, wedding planners, artists, potters, all sorts of to be able to claim their business. They went into their business because they have a passion for doing mm. it. But not necessarily a passion for business. That's what something that other people do. Mm. Um, and so I'm able to kind of use that balance that that I found in myself um, to be able to offer them the other side of that coin, but in a way that doesn't feel threatening and doesn't feel, Lovely. oh gosh, she's talking to me about accounts now. Yeah. Oh, but don't do that. Yeah. Don't talk about <laughs> yeah. Or that. forms. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's exactly. Don't yeah, talk I'm, to me about I'm forms. I'm sitting here thinking, God, I bet you'd be great for me. <laughs> 
God you're in my life. I hate all that sort of things. Yeah. So tell us, can you sum it up? Um, the the biggest part of what you learnt going through this whole process. Um, I'm going to read you a quote, if I may. Please, I love the from quote. the beautiful Brené Brown, oh. who I know you you adore. In fact, I think you introduced me to. So Did thank I? you again. Oh, for that. that's pretty life changing. Um, so Brené Brown says what people people may call what happens in midlife crisis a crisis but it's not it's an unraveling when mm. you feel a desperate feel pull to live the life you want to live not the one you're supposed to live mm. to let go of who you think you are supposed to be and embrace who you are wow and i think that's i think that's absolutely it my midlife crisis has given me the ability even the permission i've given myself the permission to be who i am not who I who I felt I was supposed to be, oh. and that's an amazingly empowering feeling. It's magic. Mm. It's total. I mean, that is the biggest gift anyone can give to themselves is the allowance. And you said permission. Your eyes lit up as you said it mm. to be you. Yeah. In in all that you are. Yes. In all that you are and all that you offer. And you said it a few times through this chat that everything was pulling you in a different direction mm. wasn't it everything was sitting badly with you and uncomfortable with you and bringing up rage and frustration mm. and depression and anxiety because it just wasn't your path yes you weren't supposed to do this proper job no this nine to five thing I also have a Brene Brown quote isn't that funny that we both <laughs> well it's not that funny it's not that funny total at all. synchronicity um <laughs> What we don't need in the midst of struggle is shame for being human. I know, I know, I know. Um, And the other one was also Brene Brown. One day you will tell your story of how you overcame what you went through and it will be someone else's survival guide. (laughs) Isn't she amazing? Oh my goodness. I know. I love her. (laughs) And I love the first one. What we don't need in the midst of struggle is shame for being human. Yes. I mean... I I say to you listening at home, if there is something that you are struggling with and that Kate's story has resonated with you in some way, which I'm sure it has, um, be easy on yourself, be kind to yourself, show yourself the compassion and know that we all go through it. Oh, yes. (laughs) But we don't all talk about it. And there's, you know, there's two women sitting in this studio that have definitely gone through it upside down, back to front and inside out and have Mm. lived it. And there is beauty on the other side. Yes. There is a gift on the other side. You've just got to be patient with yourself, be kind to yourself, and trust that you are being guided in the way towards your life purpose. Yes. Come on in. The water's lovely. Ah, join us. It's a lovely (laughs) club. And so for those people that were shocked that you were sitting here talking about it, I hope they listen to it and now understand Mm. wholeheartedly why you wanted to talk about it, because what you've brought today is truth as you said beauty vulnerability and yourself thank you and i thank you so much for being here it's been a total joy to walk with you hand in hand through your story thank you for having me oh thank you so much (laughs) 
You have been listening to the Female in Podcast. I am your host, Nicole Goodman. Thank you so much for your time and for listening today. If you love this podcast and found value in it, please go and subscribe, write a brilliant review, and go and share it with your friends who need a bit of femaling in their world. You can find me on all social media channels for more of my work, Instagram at Nicole Goodman underscore coach, Facebook, Nicole Goodman Women's Identity Coach, and you can also find my private Facebook group where all the magic and conversation happens with a really amazing community of women. Thank you again for joining me today. This has been Femaling. I'll be back next week with another episode. And remember, it is the most exciting time to be a woman. Bye.